0: 1000 True Fans. This is an edited, updated version of an essay I wrote in 2008 when this now popular idea was embryonic and ragged. I recently rewrote it to convey the core ideas, minus out-of-date details. This revisited essay appears in Tim Ferriss' new book, Tools of Titans. I believe the 1000 True Fans concept will be useful to anyone making things, or making things happen. If you still want to read the much longer original 2008 essay, you can get it after the end of this version. K.K. To be a successful creator you don't need millions. You don't need millions of dollars or millions of customers, millions of clients or millions of fans. To make a living as a craftsperson, photographer, musician, designer, author, animator, app maker, entrepreneur, or inventor you need only thousands of true fans. A true fan is defined as a fan that will buy anything you produce. These diehard fans will drive 200 miles to see you sing. They will buy the hardback and paperback and audible versions of your book. They will purchase your next figurine site unseen. They will pay for the best of DVD version of your free YouTube channel. They will come to your chef's table once a month. If you have roughly a thousand of true fans like this, also known as super fans, you can make a living if you are content to make a living but not a fortune here's how the math works. You need to meet two criteria. First, you have to create enough each year that you can earn, on average, $100 profit from each true fan. That is easier to do in some arts and businesses than others, but it is a good creative challenge in every area because it is always easier and better to give your existing customers more than it is to find new fans. Second, you must have a direct relationship with your fans. That is, they must pay you directly. You get to keep all of their support, unlike the small percent of their fees you might get from a music label, publisher, studio, retailer, or other intermediate. If you keep the full $100 of each true fan, then you need only 1,000 of them to earn $100,000 per year. That's a living for most folks. A thousand customers is a whole lot more feasible to aim for than a million fans. Millions of paying fans is not a realistic goal to shoot for, especially when you are starting out but a thousand fans is doable. You might even be able to remember a thousand names. If you added one new true fan per day, it'd only take a few years to gain a thousand. The number 1,000 is not absolute. Its significance is in its rough order of magnitude, three orders less than a million. The actual number has to be adjusted for each person. If you are able to only earn $50 per year per true fan, then you need 2,000. Likewise if you can sell $200 per year, you need only 500 true fans. Or you may need only $75,000 per year to live on, so you adjust downward. Or if you are a duet, or have a partner, then you need to multiply by 2 to get 2,000 fans. For a team, you need to multiply further. But the good news is that the increase in the size of your true fan base is geometric and linear in proportion to the size of the team. If you increase the team by 33% you only need to increase your fan base by 33%. Another way to calculate the support of a true fan, is to aim to get one day's wages per year from them. Can you excite or please them sufficient to earn one day's labor? That's a high bar, but not impossible for 1,000 people worldwide. And of course, not every fan will be super. While the support of a thousand true fans may be sufficient for a living, for every single true fan, you might have two or three regular fans. Think of concentric circles with true fans at the center and a wider circle of regular fans around them. These regular fans may buy your creations occasionally, or may have bought only once. But their ordinary purchases expand your total income. Perhaps they bring in an additional 50%. Still, you want to focus on the super fans because the enthusiasm of true fans can increase the patronage of regular fans. True fans not only are the direct source of your income, but also your chief marketing force for the ordinary fans. Fans, customers, patrons have been around forever. What's new here? A couple of things. While direct relationship with customers was the default mode in old times, the benefits of modern retailing meant that most creators in the last century did not have direct contact with consumers. Often even the publishers, studios, labels and manufacturers did not have such crucial information as the name of their customers. For instance, despite being in business for hundreds of years no New York book publisher knew the names of their core and dedicated readers. For previous creators these intermediates and there was often more than one meant you need much larger audiences to have a success. With the advent of ubiquitous peer-to-peer communication and payment systems, also known as the web today, everyone has access to excellent tools that allow anyone to sell directly to anyone else in the world. So a creator in Bend, Oregon can sell and deliver a song to someone in Kathmandu, Nepal as easily as a New York record label, maybe even more easily. This new technology permits creators to maintain relationships, so that the customer can become a fan, and so that the creator keeps the total amount of payment, which reduces the number of fans needed. This new ability for the creator to retain the full price is revolutionary, but a second technological innovation amplifies that power further. A fundamental virtue of a peer-to-peer network, like the web, is that the most obscure node is only one click away from the most popular node. In other words the most obscure underselling book, song, or idea, is only one click away from the best-selling book, song or idea. Early in the rise of the web the large aggregators of content and products, such as eBay, Amazon, Netflix, etc., noticed that the total sales of all the lowest selling obscure items would equal or in some cases exceed the sales of the few best-selling items. Chris Anderson, my successor at Wired, named this effect, the long tail, For the visually graphed shape of the sales distribution curve, a low nearly interminable line of items selling only a few copies per year that form a long tail, for the abrupt vertical beast of a few bestsellers. But the area of the tail was as big as the head. With that insight, the aggregators had great incentive to encourage audiences to click on the obscure items. They invented recommendation engines and other algorithms to channel attention to the rare creations in the long tail. Even web search companies like Google, Bing, Baidu found it in their interests to reward searchers with the obscure because they could sell ads in the long tail as well. The result was that the most obscure became less obscure. If you lived in any of the two million small towns on earth you might be the only one in your town to crave death metal music, or get turned on by whispering, or want a left-handed fishing reel. Before the web you'd never be able to satisfy that desire. You'd be alone in your fascination. But now satisfaction is only one click away whatever your interests as a creator are your 1000 true fans are one click from you as far as i can tell there is nothing no product no idea no desire without a fan base on the internet everything made or thought of can interest at least one person in a million it's a low bar yet if even only one out of million people were interested that's potentially seven thousand people on the planet That means that anyone in a million appeal can find 1,000 true fans. The trick is to practically find those fans, or more accurately, to have them find you. Now here's the thing. The big corporations, the intermediates, the commercial producers, are all under-equipped and ill-suited to connect with these thousand true fans. They are institutionally unable to find and deliver niche audiences and consumers. That means the long tail is wide open to you, the creator. You'll have your one in a million true fans to yourself. And the tools for connecting keep getting better, including the recent innovations in social media. It has never been easier to gather 1,000 true fans around a creator, and never easier to keep them near. One of the many new innovations serving the true fan creator is crowdfunding. Having your fans finance your next product for them is genius. Win-win all around. There are about 2,000 different crowdfunding platforms worldwide many of them specializing in specific fields, raising money for science experiments, for bands, or documentaries. Each has its own requirements and a different funding model, in addition to specialized interests. Some platforms require, all or nothing, funding goals, others permit partial funding, some raise money for completed projects, some like Patreon, fund ongoing projects. Patreon supporters might fund a monthly magazine, or a video series, or an artist's salary. The most famous and largest crowdfunder is Kickstarter, which has raised $2.5 billion for more than 100,000 projects. The average number of supporters for a successful Kickstarter project is 241 funders, far less than a 1,000. That means if you have 1,000 true fans you can do a crowdfunding campaign, because by definition a true fan will become a Kickstarter funder. Although success of your campaign is dependent on what you ask of your fans. The truth is that cultivating a thousand true fans is time-consuming, sometimes nerve-wracking, and not for everyone. Done well, and why not do it well? It can become another full-time job. At best it will be a consuming and challenging part-time task that requires ongoing skills. There are many creators who don't want to deal with fans, and honestly should not. They should just paint, or sew, or make music, and hire someone else to deal with their superfans. If that is you and you add someone to deal with fans, a helper will skew your formula, increasing the number of fans you need, but that might be the best mix. If you go that far, then why not, subcontract, out dealing with fans to the middle people, the labels and studios and publishers and retailers. If they work for you, fine, but remember, in most cases they would be even worse at this than you would. The mathematics of 1000 true fans is not a binary choice. You don't have to go this route to the exclusion of another. Many creators, including myself, will use direct relations with super fans in addition to mainstream intermediaries. I have been published by several big-time New York publishers. I have self-published. And I have used Kickstarter to publish to my true fans. I chose each format depending on the content and my aim. But in every case, cultivating my true fans enriches the route I choose. The takeaway? 1,000 true fans is an alternative path to success other than stardom. Instead of trying to reach the narrow and unlikely peaks of platinum bestseller hits, blockbusters, and celebrity status, you can aim for direct connection with 1,000 true fans. On your way, no matter how many fans you actually succeed in gaining, you'll be surrounded not by fattish infatuation, but by genuine and true appreciation. It's a much saner destiny to hope for. And you are much more likely to actually arrive there. The original 2008 essay follows. It was written before the advent of Kickstarter, Indiegogo and other crowdfunding sites, and includes more the idea's history. K.K. Translations. Chinese, Danish, French, German, Hebrew, Italian, Japanese, Portuguese, Romanian, Spanish, Turkish. The long tale is famously good news for two classes of people. A few lucky aggregators, such as Amazon and Netflix, and six billion consumers. Of those two, I think consumers earn the greater reward from the wealth hidden in infinite niches. But the long tail is a decidedly mixed blessing for creators. Individual artists, producers, inventors and makers are overlooked in the equation. The long tail does not raise the sales of creators much, but it does add massive competition and endless downward pressure on prices. Unless artists become a large aggregator of other artists' works, the long tail offers no path out of the quiet doldrums of minuscule sales. Other than aim for a blockbuster hit, what can an artist do to escape the long tail? One solution is to find 1,000 true fans. While some artists have discovered this path without calling it that, I think it is worth trying to formalize. The gist of 1,000 true fans can be stated simply. A creator, such as an artist, musician, photographer, craftsperson, performer, animator, designer, videomaker, or author. In other words, anyone producing works of art needs to acquire only 1,000 true fans to make a living. A true fan is defined as someone who will purchase anything and everything you produce. They will drive 200 miles to see you sing. They will buy the super deluxe reissued high-res box set of your stuff even though they have the low-res version. They have a Google Alert set for your name. They bookmark the eBay page where your out-of-print editions show up. They come to your openings. They have you sign their copies. They buy the t-shirt, and the mug, and the hat. They can't wait till you issue your next work. They are true fans. To raise your sales out of the flat line of the long tail you need to connect with your true fans directly. Another way to state this is, you need to convert a thousand lesser fans into a thousand true fans. Assume conservatively that your true fans will each spend one day's wages per year in support of what you do. That one day wage is an average because of course your truest fans will spend a lot more than that. Let's peg that per diem each true fan spends at $100 per year. If you have 1,000 fans that sums up to $100,000 per year, which minus some modest expenses, is a living for most folks. 1,000 is a feasible number. You could count to 1,000. If you added one fan a day, it would take only three years. True fanship is doable. Pleasing a true fan is pleasurable, and invigorating. It rewards the artist to remain true, to focus on the unique aspects of their work, the qualities that true fans appreciate. The key challenge is that you have to maintain direct contact with your 1,000 true fans. They are giving you their support directly. Maybe they come to your house concerts, or they are buying your DVDs from your website, or they order your prints from Pictopia. As much as possible you retain the full amount of their support. You also benefit from the direct feedback and love. The technologies of connection and small-time manufacturing make this circle possible. Blogs and RSS feeds trickle out news, and upcoming appearances or new works. Websites host galleries of your past work, archives of biographical information, and catalogs of paraphernalia. Discmakers, Blurb, Rapid Prototyping Shops, MySpace, Facebook, and the entire digital domain all conspire to make duplication and dissemination in small quantities fast, cheap and easy. You don't need a million fans to justify producing something new. A mere 1,000 is sufficient. This small circle of diehard fans, which can provide you with a living, is surrounded by concentric circles of lesser fans. These folks will not purchase everything you do, and may not seek out direct contact, but they will buy much of what you produce. The processes you develop to feed your true fans will also nurture lesser fans. As you acquire new true fans, you can also add many more lesser fans. If you keep going, you may indeed end up with millions of fans and reach a hit. I don't know of any creator who is not interested in having a million fans. But the point of this strategy is to say that you don't need a hit to survive. You don't need to aim for the short head of best to escape the long tail. There is a place in the middle, that is not very far away from the tail, where you can at least make a living. That Midway Haven is called 1000 True Fans. It is an alternate destination for an artist to aim for. Young artists starting out in this digitally mediated world have another path other than stardom, a path made possible by the very technology that creates the long tail. Instead of trying to reach the narrow and unlikely peaks of platinum hits, bestseller blockbusters, and celebrity status, they can aim for direct connection with 1,000 true fans. It's a much saner destination to hope for. You make a living instead of a fortune. You are surrounded not by fad and fashionable infatuation, but by true fans and you are much more likely to actually arrive there a few caveats this formula 1000 direct true fans is crafted for one person the solo artist what happens in a duet or quartet or movie crew obviously you'll need more fans but the additional fans you'll need are in direct geometric proportion to the increase of your creative group in other words if you increase your group size by 33% you need add only 33% more fans This linear growth is in contrast to the exponential growth by which many things in the digital domain inflate. I would not be surprised to find that the value of your true fans network follows the standard network effects rule, and increases as the square of the number of fans. As your true fans connect with each other, they will more readily increase their average spending on your works. So while increasing the numbers of artists involved in creation increases the number of true fans needed, the increase does not explode, but rises gently and in proportion. A more important caution, not every artist is cut out, or willing, to be a nurturer of fans. Many musicians just want to play music, or photographers just want to shoot, or painters paint, and they temperamentally don't want to deal with fans, especially true fans. For these creatives, they need a mediator, a manager, a handler, an agent, a galleryist, someone to manage their fans. Nonetheless, they can still aim for the same middle destination of 1,000 true fans. They are just working in a duet. Third distinction. Direct fans are best. The number of true fans needed to make a living indirectly inflates fast, but not infinitely. Take blogging as an example. Because fan support for a blogger roots through advertising clicks, except in the occasional tip jar, more fans are needed for a blogger to make a living. But while this moves the destination towards the left on the long tail curve, it is still far short of blockbuster territory. Same is true in book publishing. When you have corporations involved in taking the majority of the revenue for your work, then it takes many times more true fans to support you. To the degree an author cultivates direct contact with his, her fans, the smaller the number needed. Lastly, the actual number may vary depending on the media. Maybe it is 500 true fans for a painter and 5,000 true fans for a video maker. The numbers must surely vary around the world. But in fact the actual number is not critical, because it cannot be determined except by attempting it. Once you are in that mode, the actual number will become evident. That will be the true fan number that works for you. My formula may be off by an order of magnitude, but even so, it's far less than a million. I've been scouring the literature for any references to the true fan number. Suck.com co-founder Carl Stedman had theory about micro-celebrities. By his count, a micro-celebrity was someone famous to 1,500 people. So those 1,500 would rave about you. As quoted by Danny O'Brien, One person in every town in Britain likes your dumb online comic. That's enough to keep you in beers, or t-shirt sales, all year. Others call this microcelebrity support micro-patronage, or distributed patronage. In 1999 John Kelsey and Bruce Schneier published a model for this in First Monday, an online journal. They called it the Street Performer Protocol. Using the logic of a street performer, the author goes directly to the readers before the book is published, perhaps even before the book is written. The author bypasses the publisher and makes a public statement on the order of, When I get $100,000 in donations, I will release the next novel in this series. Readers can go to the author's website, see how much money has already been donated, and donate money to the cause of getting his novel out. Note that the author doesn't care who pays to get the next chapter out, nor does he care how many people read the book that didn't pay for it. He just cares that his $100,000 pot gets filled. When it does, he publishes the next book. In this case, publish, simply means, make available, not, bind and distribute through bookstores. The book is made available, free of charge, to everyone, those who paid for it and those who did not. In 2004 author Lawrence Watt Evans used this model to publish his newest novel. He asked his true fans to collectively pay $100 per month. When he got $100 he posted the next chapter of the novel. The entire book was published online for his true fans, and then later in paper for all his fans. He is now writing a second novel this way. He gets by on an estimated 200 true fans because he also publishes in the traditional manner, with advances from a publisher supported by thousands of lesser fans. Other authors who use fans to directly support their work are Diane Duane, Sharon Lee and Steve Miller, and Don Sakers. Game designer Greg Stolz employed a similar true fan model to launch two pre-financed games. 50 of his true fans contributed seed money for his development costs. The genius of the true fan model is that the fans are able to move an artist away from the edges of the long tail to a degree larger than their numbers indicate. They can do this in three ways – by purchasing more per person, by spending directly so the creator keeps more per sale, and by enabling new models of support. New models of support include micro-patronage. Another model is pre-financing the startup costs. Digital technology enables this fan support to take many shapes. Fundable is a web-based enterprise which allows anyone to raise a fixed amount of money for a project, while reassuring the backers the project will happen. Fundable withholds the money until the full amount is collected. They return the money if the minimum is not reached. Here's an example from Fundable's site. Amelia, a 20-year-old classical soprano singer, pre-sold her first CD before entering a recording studio. If I get $400 in pre-orders, I will be able to afford the rest, of the studio costs, she told potential contributors. Fundable's all-or-nothing model ensured that none of her customers would lose money if she fell short of her goal. Amelia sold over $940 in albums. $1,000 won't keep even a starving artist alive long, But with serious attention, a dedicated artist can do better with their true fans. Jill Sobel, a musician who has nurtured a sizable following over many years of touring and recording, is doing well relying on her true fans. Recently, she decided to go to her fans to finance the $75,000 professional recording fees she needed for her next album. She has raised close to $50,000 so far. By directly supporting her via their patronage, the fans gain intimacy with their artist. According to the Associated Press, contributors can choose a level of pledges ranging from the $10, Unpolished Rock, which earns them a free digital download of her disc when it's made, to the $10,000, Weapons Grade Plutonium Level, where she promises, you get to come and sing on my CD. Don't worry if you can't sing, we can fix that on our end. For a $5,000 contribution, Sobel said she'll perform a concert in the donor's house. The lower levels are more popular, where donors can earn things like an advanced copy of the CD. A mention in the liner notes and A.T. shirt identifying them as a junior executive producer of the CD. The usual alternative to making a living based on true fans is poverty. A study as recently as 1995 showed that the accepted price of being an artist was large. Sociologist Ruth Tau surveyed artists in Brishon and determined that on average they earned below poverty subsistence levels. I am suggesting there is a home for creatives in between poverty and stardom. Somewhere lower than stratospheric bestsellerdom, but higher than the obscurity of the long tail. I don't know the actual true number, but I think a dedicated artist could cultivate 1,000 true fans, and by their direct support using new technology, make an honest living. I'd love to hear from anyone who might have settled on such a path. Updates. One artist who partially relies on true fans responds with a disclosure of his finances. The reality of depending on true fans. I report the results of my survey of artists supported by true fans. The case against 1,000 true fans.